the Living Enlightened podcast. I am Michelle Price, the Lightworker. And I'm Becca from Insightful Connection. Hooray! Welcome to the podcast, Beck. Once again, so this is episode three, I think, because we did two yesterday, I believe, and we did one previous to that. So this is episode three. My gosh, that's gone fast. It has gone fast. Just try to get a couple ahead of us just in case yeah. we need to do something. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, um, that's what the plan is. So we do record ahead of time. But uh, anyway, welcome to the podcast. And this week it is brought to you by my business, Michelle Price, The Lightworker. And I will be doing the today's card draw. And funnily enough, I didn't bring the cards with me, Rebecca. I did have them yesterday because we're going to do a double and then today I didn't bring them. Uh, but I do have the kids' cards. I'll go and grab them and we'll, I'll draw them in a second. Uh, but I will be doing the kids' cards today because that's relevant to today's episode, which I'll get into in a little bit. But with Shella Price Lightworker, if you want to track me down on Facebook, otherwise my links are in the show notes. And I'm a medium, so psychic medium. I talk to past over loved ones. I also do oracle cards. I'm a mentor. I teach people how to discover and develop their gifts. And I'm also a Reiki master and a pranic energy healer. So I can teach Reiki if you want to learn that on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, or I can do pranic energy healings and that sort of thing. And they are good over distance or face-to-face, whatever you need. So uh, I do do a lot of work online. Uh, Michelle Price, a light worker on Facebook. So I will be doing the card draw in a second, but I will, while you're talking, run and grab the cards. But what I did want to say, Beck, just here, is it doesn't actually matter when you listen to this episode. We did just talk about recording ahead of time. As I feel like whatever the card is at the time, because, you know, Beck drew a card yesterday when we recorded yesterday. And I just feel like it's relevant whenever you choose to listen. So if you're hearing this and it's not, you know, immediately after it's released, whatever the timing is, it's going to be perfect for you. Um, whatever the card is that, you know, comes out of that. So I'll be using my children's wellbeing deck and it's developed by Dr. Maxine Therese and she's a child psychologist. So if you are an adult listening to this at home, um, this can also be used to help within a child work. So, you know, don't worry if you're not a kid and I'm drawing from the kids deck because um, it can also be used for inner child, but I will go and grab those cards in a little bit and um, I will draw. You're going to leave me unsupervised? Oh, one, you're, you're on your own, Beck. You're on your own <laughs> flying solo. Good luck. You got your wings. <laughs> Oh, that's, I don't know. That could be dangerous. <laughs> so the theme for today, Beck, uh, is supporting little leaders. And that's what we're going to be talking about. So, you know, how are we backing the next generation? And you're a mum of four. Um, so I feel like you'll have a few ideas and that sort of thing about this topic, which is going to be really exciting. And I'm speaking more from, I guess, a business perspective, running my own business and having a lot of uh, families and kids that are coming along and, and seeing me and a lot of gift to kids is what I'm seeing coming through. So Beck, I might just ask you if you want to fill us in on what you've been up to, what's been going on for you. And I might just uh, switch my computer onto mute and run and grab my cards while you're doing that. Okay. Well, what is new? I... Actually, I'll just say I was driving home from a support shift last night late and reflecting on some events that had happened earlier in the day that were, you know, follow on from personal events that had been going on for some time and some pretty tough stuff. But anyway, I thought to myself, I'm in a bit of a funk with this. And as I approached the door, I could smell these beautiful, sweet scent from the flowers. And for a minute, I was just so grateful and enjoying how refreshing they smelled and just really took it in. And I, I took this as a sign literally to stop and smell the flowers and that I needed to follow that advice. So came inside, popped up to my healing room and drew a couple of the Chakra Oracle cards just for some clarity. Um, I've got some lovely cards here by Karen Sangster. Uh, so the first card was the Heart Chakra, a green card. So this card, I sort of thought, well, okay, I've acknowledged already that I'm feeling a bit bit in a funk and uh, it was it was time to heal so its message was in depth but I took away what I took away from it was that it was reminding me that the heart pumps blood through my body and the heart chakra keeps love moving through the happenings of my life which really sort of resonated with me and the second card also a green color so green associated with the heart chakra as well was the passion card and the message was about getting stuck on the life's treadmill of trying to get somewhere and the more effort or attention that we um, we give to particular topics the harder the incline got and the more you can struggle with it so the passion card for me was a reminder to awaken the pulse of life and immerse myself in more than more of the things that I enjoy and I can choose to consciously do so so stepping away from that energy that was dragging me down so the things that bring back spark that make me want to jump out of bed each day so 
decided, made this conscious decision last night that I'm going to engage my passion and start, start in general, remind myself of the wonders around me, like the awareness of the flowers and its message that, that I perceived from that. So the more I bring back the small enjoyments and joy, I feel it will sort of expand my passion. That's truth. That is truth. And that actually ties in very well with the card I drew, Rebecca, which is always the case. As I said before, it's always relevant. <laughs> and we do find that a lot when we're, you know, doing cards, I guess, on our Facebook pages and that sort of thing. You know, so that card draws quite often. People say, you know, oh, my gosh, that card is so perfect for right now. And it always is. So the card um, that I've selected for yourself and listener at home, our card of the day or week, is I'm creative and it's all about using our gifts and talents. So sometimes we keep these things a bit to ourselves. You know, sometimes we have all these amazing, you know, gifts and talents and we think, oh, that's not so amazing. You know, people are doing incredible things out there and they're like, nah, it's not so incredible. And it actually is. So this, you know, if it's for kids, um, I guess, is, you know, making sure that you are proud of what you, your special things, you know, the special things that you do that are different, you know, maybe a bit unique to you. Being really proud of that, talking about it, you know, not holding back because sometimes we're taught not to talk about the great things that we're doing. And as we get older, you know, this really is about us doing our work. You know, for me, that's a light worker for you. You're a light worker as well. This is about doing our work, you know, being of service. Um, the girl in the picture, so there's a picture, it's a round card, it's orange, so it re relates to sacral chakra. Um, these are the children wellbeing cards, which I mentioned at the top of the show, Dr. Maxine Therese. Um, and so it relates to sacral, which is your creative space, new ideas and new projects. So for adults, it's really about, you know, share, letting your talent shine. Um, and there is a little girl there, as uh, I mentioned, she's pulling some bickies out of the oven. And it looks like she's doing a little bit of cooking. So potentially that is one of her little special gifts. But often when I see this for kids, I often mention that, you know, this is a kid who needs to be of service. So helping out, give them little tasks to do, um, you know, making the bed, helping mum with this, that and the other thing. We did talk about that in episode two, you and I, Beck, about the kids and how we can sort of enlist their help and delegate, you know, asking for help. So it's sort of a continuation on of that, um, that thought. So I feel like that is pretty relevant and pretty relevant to what you were just talking about, which is great. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what have you been up to, Michelle? Well, Rebecca, well, what haven't I been up to? So I just got a call. I'm recording this episode three weeks before it goes to air, but I did just get a call. We uh, went on holidays to Tasmania, which is what I was going to briefly sort of mention today about, you know, some of the takeaways that I got from that trip. But I actually just got a phone call from my husband and Hobart goes into lockdown tonight. And we have been just outside of Hobart, you know, staying at just outside of Hobart. We have visited Hobart quite a few times. So we were meant to come back. My husband and I were meant to come back today, if not stay tonight, because we actually had our accommodation paid for until tonight. So we could have come back on Saturday if we wanted to or whatever we wanted to do. So Jason wanted to get back to work. So he was actually like, we need to come home early. And so we did. We came home on Wednesday instead of um, Friday or Saturday. So it's actually incredibly lucky because you know the worst case scenario for us would have been going into lockdown coming back so or not being able to get out of Hobart you know depending on what the restrictions are so we're just waiting to hear if we need to do tests or anything like that but it doesn't look like we had too many overlaps with this guy he was at the airport on a different day and stuff like that so hopefully we're okay but that was a bit of an update from when I sort of thought about talking about this yesterday when we spoke so yeah we'll just wait and see what's going on with that but there I just took so much out of this trip Rebecca and I haven't flown anywhere as most people probably haven't in you know a couple of years over over two years probably so it was just really exciting to be able to get there and I was pretty surprised it was sort of last minute we were like you know are we going to get to go do 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 and we did end up getting to go and you know I just really appreciated every moment and like we talked about in episode two you and I about segmenting I was doing a lot of segmenting because I didn't want to keep looking forward to me coming home again and being upset about that and, you know, do, do, do. So I really tried hard to sort of be in the present. I was looking at a lot of detail. I was studying, you know, leaves when I was going bushwalking. I was studying the birds. We had a lot of little fairy wrens there, which are the little blue, very shiny sort of luminous birds. And I haven't seen them before, but apparently they're quite prominent in New South Wales and you're sort of nodding. So I'm guessing you know what I'm talking about, the little blue ones. Yeah. 
Blue I've, got a, I've got a little couple outside yeah, a male always, and a female and yeah. they're just so gorgeous. They're always in couples and there was a little brown yeah. one and a little blue one and the blue one's a boy because um, they're always pretty. So I was just like, this is amazing, these little fairy reds. So I was just in the moment as much as I could be and there's so much wildlife there and you and I are both animal lovers. You're doing some work, I think, with animals over there as well with um, wildlife. And so we had, Jason counted 18 patty melons. He'd never even heard of a patty melon. He thought I was making it up and I went, it looks like a patty melon. He's like, what the hell is that? Like, you're making this up? And I'm like, no. And he Googled it and went, oh my God, it's a thing. Um, but there were like 18 patty melons. So like a little wallaby type animal and just the cutest little things. And there was 18 just on the grass, eating the grass as we're walking around. And I just, you know, I just thought, my gosh, we're in an estate here where they've kind of developed a lot of land, knocked down trees and blah, blah, blah. So really all we have is crows, you know, we don't have any real wildlife and we're walking around this resort just going, wow, they had a hobby farm there. I'm like in love. We went to like a wildlife sanctuary, which is for rescues, animals that have been badly injured and need, you know, all they're sick. So we went to that. It was, there was just so much wildlife and I, I just feel like we're planning our next trip to Tasmania. We just loved it, you know, and it's not overseas, which is great. So we don't have to worry about any sort of weird restrictions and that sort of thing. So it was just about really being in the moment and not looking ahead at all. And I feel like I did that. I feel like I really did that. It was like a bit of a surprise when I realized we had to fly home because I was just like, oh, okay, the time's come. So I, I um, was following you and, and lots of us were on, on your Facebook page and you were popping and Instagram and you were popping up little messages saying, this is this and we did this and we did that. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's not, she's not coming back. And then you're like, no, no I'm not going. I don't think I want to come home. Yeah. So I'm glad you made it home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. And it did just remind me when you were talking about the ghost tour, we did a ghost tour at Port Arthur. So this is of the historic site at Port Arthur, the old colonial stuff. So convicts and that was really really cool so we went back there it was um we finished about midnight so it was quite late at night and that was awesome we did the daytime tour and then we went back and did a ghost tour at night so yeah that was a really awesome experience as well but I did actually meet some really inspirational Beck and I thought I'd just mention this guy his name's Luke and I'll have to get his surname off my hubby because my hubby um bought his little usb so he's got an e-book and he's um he just bought the usb for that he's got physical books too but he was just such an inspiration. He was at the markets. So we went to the uh, markets in Hobart and just saw this guy standing there and he had this book and it looked like he had like a mountain on it on the page. And Jason and I, we really want to go to base camp in Everest. And so we sort of went over and I was like, oh, hey, you know, what's going on? And it turns out he'd been, um, he'd been a drug addict. He was actually in the army. So he'd been in the Marines, um, not in the Marines, the army. So he'd been in the army and he grew up sort of Northern Territory sort of area. But he got on into some bad habits and uh, PTSD and whatnot and then uh, completely turned his life around. And now he's, he's done the six summits. He almost got to the seventh. He was trying to do seven summits in a year, I think, but COVID hit. So he hasn't been mm. able to do the seventh yet. But his partner is amazing. His wife's amazing. So they, on their wedding day, jumped out of a hot air balloon. So they base jumped out of a hot air balloon on their wedding day. So they're just really awesome. And I was sitting there listening to this guy and hearing about his stories and, you know, just incredible. And Jason is now using, my husband is using him as an inspiration at his, um, at his workplace. So they do like a photo every Friday. Um, so you get a photo of someone, you know, that you're really inspired by and what, and you mention a question that you would like to ask that person. And he went through all the famous people, Richard Branson and, you know, all these famous people, um, Tony Robbins and whatnot. But I was like, you don't really have a personal like connection to those guys. It's just that they're, you know, famous and I've done a few things. And I was thinking in the back of my mind, I wish you'd use Luke. And he came downstairs and he went, I might use Luke. And I went, oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, he did, he used Luke today and talked about him and what he's done. And yeah, he's such an inspiration, this guy. So I'm just really pleased because I feel like it has more to do with Jason, you know, because this guy overcame yeah. a lot to do what he's doing. And Jason has like an immune condition, autoimmune. So he overcomes a lot and does like a jet ski ride every year and that sort of thing. So yeah, I just felt like it was a bit more relevant, you know, to what he's doing. So yeah, that was really cool. So just a lot of inspiration and uh, a great trip and we're planning our next one. So can't wait. Very, very cool. Very cool. And what an amazing story. I just, yeah. I just, crazy. The, the things that people go through and, and you, you walk around and you see people everywhere and you just, yeah. sort of, you know, everybody has a story or you have to mm -hmm. just take the time to listen or ask yeah. the questions. That's it. it um, it's amazing. But yeah. today, supporting mm -hmm. little leaders, shall we get into this? Yeah, yeah. Ready to go. 
So Chardosophy is what I mentioned before. That's the, um, well, I didn't mention Chardosophy. I mentioned the cards, but the uh, Chardosophy is actually created by Dr. Maxine Therese. And she's, see, she's somebody who does really inspire me. We just talked about people who inspire. So she decided, because she was a child psychologist, she could only get so far with kids. And she was like, you know, maybe if I use the cards or something visual, you know, representation, that that will allow them to communicate, you know. So we draw the cards, the kids can draw the cards, whoever wants to draw them, doesn't matter. But the cards, the colours all relate to the chakras in the body. So there's four different colours, sorry, four versions of each chakra in the colours. And then they have a little description. So she decided to develop these so that the kids would be involved. It was more interactive. The kids are engaged. You know, what a great thing to do. So I spoke to Dr. Therese and she said that that's why she sort of developed them um, because, you know, sometimes kids can't find the words. Um, so I think that's really great. So the kids kind of speak or the cards speak for the children, especially when they're nonverbal. This is great. You know, nonverbal kids have access, I guess, to other technologies sometimes. But, you know, the cards, again, are not technology they're more cardboard they're physical something that they can hold on to they may be comforting for them but I also have another client who's a psychologist Dr Tula Gordillo and we actually spoke to her in a different um, podcast that I do so she actually has created some amazing thing, thing, things if I get my words out for kids as well so I won't reveal too much because there's some things that she hasn't actually released to the public but they are amazing um, some of the things she's got planned and uh, she's writing some novels at the moment so she's sort of focusing on doing that but yeah, she's actually changing the way that we actually handle psychology for little people, um, which is incredible. So what a gift, you know, because I think that's what I was sort of intending with this episode today was to talk about what we are doing, you know, what, what are the, you know, different teachers and psychologists and uh, that sort of thing doing for these kids. And some of them are, are pretty out there, you know, there's some kids coming through that are maybe hard to handle, you know, for a lot of parents. So um, I'm really excited to be talking about this today, Beck. Yeah, it, it's brilliant too, and I'm so grateful. I've got the um, I've got three sets of children's wellbeing cards, and I've got Dr. Maxine Therese's cards there as well. But yeah. I'm just so grateful that there are beautiful souls out there who are, you know, stepping outside of the the square and and supporting unconditionally our little treasures yeah absolutely so I mentioned the kids who aren't verbal Beck and what I wanted to lead into there was this term star seeds and I did preview this at the end of episode two because I feel like it's relevant it's believed some of the young people being born now have actually come from you know stars and planets and you and I have spoken about this a bit during our readings and sessions together so because many of the uh, beings I've communicated with during readings, and when I say beings, I'm talking about, you know, spirit beings, beings from the light. A lot of the time they will come through and we'll have a little conversation and, and we can learn a lot from them uh, when they do that. So they can also come through, obviously, meditations and that sort of thing. And so they seem to communicate by telepathy. Now, when you have a loved one come through, it's not like I'm sitting there watching their mouths move, but it does feel more like they are sort of communicating in an auditory way, almost, you know, using the mouths to communicate uh, and dogs the same. But with these beings, it does feel more like a telepathy. It's more like a kind of an inner knowing. It's like, I just kind of know, you know what they're communicating, but it, do, it does feel like telepathy. So my feeling is, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, that perhaps, you know, that's why we're seeing more kids coming through. And I don't know if it is more, but it does feel like it's more kids who are nonverbal or kids who, you know, aren't speaking at the normal kind of milestones, you know, that you expect a kid to mm -hmm. start talking. So I feel like maybe that's why they're having trouble developing their speech is because they've come from one of the stars where they used telepathy, you know, and that's speech wasn't so developed so um, it's a, definitely not a disability because these kids are often you know from my experience on the spectrum um, and are extremely focused you know when they find something that, that interests them and I think that's the same with ADD and ADHD as well when they find that thing that interests them they can just focus on that one thing and this is amazing because you think about us we're multitasking we're doing a million things at once you know we're not focused these kids come through and they're just like that really interests me boom you know they're finding the cure for cancer the whatever it is you know what I mean like this is this is what you need this sort of focus intense focus so they do tend to have a natural curiosity as well in my experience and maybe have a greater desire to protect the planet and reverse the damage which has already been done and you're definitely seeing that and you know Greta Thunberg or Thunberg is a really good example of that you know she copped a lot of criticism and got trolled and all the rest of it for her big claims but you know she is just an amazing girl and hats off to her because hopefully we've got more of those kids coming through and hopefully she inspires some of the kids as well to be more conscious of what we're doing. You know, going to Tassie, as I said before, there's so much wildlife down there. There was like beautiful, perfectly formed shells. And I did put a post up on my Facebook page about that. So many beautiful shells, like all fantails, just perfect. 
like nothing's broken. And you go around Australia and on the Sunshine Coast, but I've you know, lived on the Gold Coast for me is, and you don't find perfect shells like that. It was like everything was just wildlife and nature. And when we were flying over, it was like, wow, there's just small little pockets of you know, housing developments and communities and things like that. And you come back to Australia and it's like the whole land is pretty much covered you know, in, in homes and estates and all that sort of stuff. So it's such a change. And I feel like we have a lot to learn from places maybe like Tassie um, and other places overseas that are doing um, this already. Um, Beck, did you have anything you wanted to say here? I, I was just going to say and add to that too, that there is a lot of information on the challenges that, you know, um, sensitive children or, or, you know, the sensitivities that they have and, and just helping our little little leaders and our the new lot coming through, new lot, <laughs> bless them, the new lot of angels coming through, I should say. Um, so lots of information out there on the challenges they have, um, things like sensitivities to the environment, to people's feelings, um, old souls. I, I cannot tell you how many babies I have seen um being born and you just look at them and you're just like everyone just straight away oh this one's an old soul you can tell that they've been around the block a few times um but they they can be um quite sensitive to um not just people's feelings but the allergens that they they come up with and the environment so it's not just um children that present with adhd or or autism or any of those sorts of things. There's lots of different levels. Um, and, and a lot of them have this, I mean, children have a sense of curiosity, but a, a lot of these um, little ones coming through now have this just this amazing sense of curiosity. It's like they can look at it, like they're looking at it for the, for the first time, or they'll, you know, it's been sitting there on the table for, for nine months. The fruit bowl's been there. It's been full of fruit. But then all of a sudden, they just sort of come up and they've just got this amazing curiosity that comes with it and just enjoy knowing why and how things are done. Um, so I was just sort of wondering if, um, like for our listeners, if there's a way they can sort of interact in comments or something for us, we'll have to probably look at that, Michelle. Yeah, on Facebook. Sort of see, yeah, yeah. Definitely. See what they're, um, oh, of course, Facebook. Yes, Living in yeah. yeah, or our yeah, email, livingenlighten33, Rebecca. That whole thing we're doing, yes. At gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'd like to invite our listeners um, just to find out sort of what challenges that they, they've they come across and, and how how they their perspective on it would be would be an interesting, um, interesting thing. Mm. Um, so I, I know for for a fact that some children, you know, at, at school and um, appear rebellious and it's just sometimes the teachers just don't sort of take that on, that, um, that they, they take it that they're challenging their authority and, mm. and, you know, and really what it comes down to is just not being able to express themselves or not being heard or, you know, that their opinion or their views don't count and, you know, the sensitive children, um, they, they tend to find unique ways, as you were saying before, unique ways and different ways to do things that, that yeah. makes sense to them but won't normally tick the procedural boxes society puts on them. Correct. Yeah, really good point. And I totally agree. And I feel like, you know, there are, Becca, more adaptations being made in classrooms for kids with a, a few differences. And it certainly wasn't the case when I was at school. I know I went to school with a kid um, who has Asperger's and he, no one knew what it was. I mean, no one really, there wasn't really a diagnosis for that when I was at school. There were kids with ADHD and ADD, that was a thing, but Asperger's wasn't really a thing. And this kid, you know, he grew up being obsessed by trains and buses, especially buses. And that seems to be a key thing, you know, for kids like that. And, and you know, he had a really tough time at school, you know, a really tough time because no one knew what the hell that was. You know, he was just a bit different. So, you know, adaptations I feel like are being made for those kids now um, who are maybe on the spectrum or have other learning difficulties. And, you know, I do feel though that modern medicine has a bit of catching up to do back when it comes to sort of managing these kids. And just from, you know, seeing the kids one-on-one, you know, families often bring their kids here and, and that sort of thing with the work that I do. And it just would appear that sometimes medication is prescribed 
to try to control or rein in the behaviour. And I, I think that, you know, um, because I guess, you know, you alluded to that before, is it may not fit in with society, you know, it may not fit in with other people, you know, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's such a shame because I feel like, as I said before, these kids have extreme focus, you know, amazing focus when they find that thing, you know, that they want to focus on. But some schools have calm corners, and this may be the same in ACT where you are, um, but I'm talking about in Queensland, but, you know, the kids who are sort of overstimulated or overwhelmed or have been pushed a bit too far, there's a little corner they can go into and they have one of those little fiddle toys, whatever they're called, you know, those little, um, what were those things called where they used to play, like, fidget, fidget they're, toy. Fidget. They, they've got the fidget spinner. Yeah, that thing. They've got the poppets. Actually, yeah. I made, I just, yeah. I just the poppets. Um, I'll put a photo up of the poppets, but I've yeah, made these are a my new daughter. Thing, a birthday cake because it was her birthday and it was no. in lockdown. I made her a poppet cake. I will put a photo up on Oh, bag, put a photo on our show oh, notes because all of this amazing. I face Oh, my God, that is yeah. amazing. Because um, I've so, never seen those things before, but one of my friends has a 10-year-old and she got one. She's got one. And I'm like, what is yeah, this? Yeah, I made it out of fondant. <laughs> oh, my God. You need to put up a photo. Put a photo in the show notes and I'll share that across to Facey. Um, which Will is- do. I'll, I'll share all of those things across in line with, I guess, our episodes because that'll sort of make more sense once we've talked about it. Um, but, yeah, that's fantastic. My gosh. Um, poppets, yeah, all those sorts of things. There's bean bags. There's, like, all these things where people can just go, look, you know, because back in the day, if you were feeling overwhelmed or out of sorts, you had to go to the toilet, you know. Excuse me, i got to go to the toilet. And sitting in the toilet is not so fun as sitting in the corner of the classroom, not disturbing anyone and just playing with a fidget toy or poppets or whatever it is. So I just think this is incredible. You know, I went to the school in the 80s and 90s and so much has changed, but I definitely, if that, that was available to me, I definitely would have been using that because I was super different and I didn't fit in. And that's why I think now it works for me working with these kids because I didn't fit in. I wasn't normal. I didn't connect to my physical self, you know, for many, many years. I just thought, what is this? What is this physical, heavy, bloody thing I carry around with me? Because I remember being a spirit. I remember being energy, you know? And so that was very, very strange for me being born into this body. And, you know, when I was going to school, it was like the cane, you know, you got made to write lines, you got the cane, you know, if you were badly behaved. And, you know, that might've worked for some kids. I never got the cane luckily, but I did have to write lines a lot because all my friends smoked and I didn't, but I used to sit in there with them because I was like, I don't want to sit on my own. So I used to sit in the toilet with my friends smoking. We kept getting busted and I'm like, I'm not even smoking. And I had to write lines as well, which sucked. But, you know, the cane was like a thing. It was a lot more about um, (laughs) corporal punishment really when I went to school. Guilty by association. Yeah, totally. Um, So, you know, these days I work with a lot of these kids and I think it it is nice for them to hear that, you know, I felt different too. You know, I had to move from New South Wales to Queensland and start school in a different state in like year six, which was terrifying. And, you know, a lot of the other kids were like walking around going, oh, you're a bit weird because you're wearing different clothing and rah, rah, rah. And I did, um, I did meet a girl and she lived across the road from me and I I recognized her from my school and I sort of went over and I'm like, oh, hi, Michelle. I was so shouting over the road at her. And I remember her giving me this really strange look, like I was, you know, like I had three heads or I was green or something weird. And she called me a bit of a weirdo and then sort of walked off. And I was like, oh, well, that's a bit, bit sad. And because I really wanted to make friends. And then we ended up becoming best friends. We ended up dressing the same. It was like we we're inseparable. People used to think we were twins and I stayed at her house almost every night. So it was pretty amazing that, you know, I felt like I... I persevered, you know, I just felt like I needed to persist with this friendship with her. I don't know why, but to this day, we're still, you know, really good friends and we're still in touch. We still see each other every Christmas, um, her family and, and I catch up. So I just really wanted to fit in. And I, I feel like that's where a lot of the kids are at. It's just, you just want to be normal. You just want to fit in. You don't want to stand out from the crowd. But nowadays, you know, I do want to stand out from the crowd and that's where you change as you get older. But I did say to my dad back in the day, I remember saying to him at one point, I was getting picked on pretty badly because I had moved states and I was wearing like not, I didn't have a school uniform. So I was wearing like normal clothing. So people used to pick on me and I went home and I told my dad and he said to me, Michelle, they're either jealous, you know, you've got something that they want or sometimes other people feel sad and they try to make you feel sad too, you know, because that's how they feel and they want to kind of bring you down to their level. So I went back to school with that knowledge and mum just said, just ignore them. And I was like, well, that's not going to work for me because, you know, that's not, it's not working. If I walk away, it, it's not working. So it made me a bit more compassionate for those people. And, and I've sort of, dad always says to me, give people the opposite of what they expect. And, you know, I really believe that because when they were doing those things and saying those things, I was like, are you okay? 
like I would actually say in a really kind, loving way, are you okay? Like, is everything okay with you? You know, um, and I use that in customer service. I've used that everywhere because, you know, even in customer service, you know, people come up and start shouting at you and it's like, well, I don't feel like you're angry at me because we don't even know each other. So you distance yourself from that. You take yourself out of it and just go, look, what is going on? Is everything okay? You know? And so you can either, you know, respond, I guess, verbally, like abusing them. You could um, punch them. Um, I sometimes wanted to do that, but you know, what dad said to me, it made me compassionate, you know? And I just feel like from this point forward, it's always react with love, you know, give them what they don't expect. And then it just takes a fuel out of the fire. You know, there's just nothing, nowhere for them to go from that point, really. You're not adding to it. Um, I guess. Do you have anything? And not carry, carrying it with you. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Cause it's not my stuff. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look, I moved around when I was, when I went to, I went to lots of primary schools, lots and lots of primary schools. So it was a little hard for me to fit in and sort of obtain acknowledgement from the teachers and, and, and get that, you know, stability and support and, and what, what it is we need. Mm. I didn't have the cane. I think they had gotten rid of that by time I, I was in starting school, but it was like a year or so out of that. I'm not sure. Mm. But um, our schools here in, in Canberra have a bigger capacity to have support person. Obviously, you know, you've got to tick the boxes and, and get the, the permissions and, and things like that and go through the, the whole process. But um, they do have a bigger capacity to have support person with children who are needing to, you know, who, who are overstimulated or just feeling the you know, the intense emotions of the class or it's all too much, um, you know, even just to go outside for a break for 10 minutes, throw a ball around and then go back into class. Amazing how you sort of compare, like you were saying, with the cane. I know I know my uncle, <laughs> poor thing, he, he, he caught the cane a few times. Um, I was terrified to go to school because I just thought, oh, I'm always going to get it. But um, he yeah. caught the cane a few times. But if he had have had that same support as what we have now, massive difference yeah may not have been the case massive massive difference exactly and and it just sort of lets them know that it's okay to take a break you don't have to feel overwhelmed and you don't have to be dragged down by it all mm. yeah I've got a um, client of mine who's got a boy uh, a son who has been really struggling at school and he's been expelled from three different schools already and he's at his fourth school I think it is at the moment and I did a reading for her, tuned into him, and I was like, my God, I said, he's like really talented and really gifted, and he's definitely a star seed. And she said, Yeah, I, I have no doubt about any of that. She totally believes that, but he just can't fit in and be normal, and he's triggered and all of this stuff. And, you know, it's, it's tricky. So we do need to sometimes get into those uh, schools that are thinking outside the square, as you said before. And um, one of the girls in our group back um, in our little tribe of uh, light workers, Belinda Smith, who I've actually promoted on my business page today, she uh, works in early childhood and she uses her singing bowls and probably Jane, I guess Jane Artuso, she's just um, stepped back from full-time work and sort of uh, is retired now, but she was with early, ch uh, early childhood as well. And uh, they were both taking their crystals into work and their crystal bowls and like playing them and symbols and making all these different sounds. And, you know, kids, I think are just really drawn to crystals, you know, a lot more and more. And when I was growing up, it was like, you find a bit of um, quartz in your driveway and you're really excited, you know, that white stone that used to have oh, a bit of sparkly yes. quartz in it. It was like, that was all my Christmases had come at once. I'm like, oh my God. But you know, these guys are taking, about that. I know how exciting was that? We didn't have crystal shops when we were growing up. And Beck and I are both in our forties, and so we um, <laughs> give it away. So yeah, I mean that was the excitement for the day. It was like, wow, you know, we've got our little crystal out of the driveway. Here we are. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk a bit more about that because we're getting into tools to improve your life now, Beck. Um, and that's brought to you by your business today. Yeah, I just wanted to add there too that you know I feel for the most part the old way of children should be seen and not heard, and mm. and you know sort of beating them into submission, sort of faded now in the past and I mean oh my gosh how many times have you seen a story in the news where a child saved an adult not something that can really happen if they have to sit in the corner and you know mind their, their, their p's and q's mm -hmm. not engage um yeah. with their actions and their ideas you know I really believe that taking the time to be present with our little leaders is so important to them that's it people forget that they have ideas they have opinions senses of humor I think um 
with the openness of accepting these qualities, we have a much more peaceful and considerate generations ahead of us, which is just mind blowing. It's exciting. Yeah. So even setting tired half an hour, I know there's, there's a lot on with parents and things like that these days where they both have to work to, to, to manage or, you know, just sort of work is, is very demanding. I think with the COVID reset too, that's sort of changing things. There's a lot of parents working from home, but um, just taking half an hour just to be present and talk about the little things that matter to them. Um, it's so healing on many levels and, and for all involved. It may even give your own inner child a burst. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the intention, isn't it? It's all about looking after ourselves better because a lot of us had issues, I think, with our inner child. You know, a lot of us didn't hear what we needed to hear or whatever it was. And so the best thing you can do is call that inner child in and uh, give them what they needed, you know, whatever they need to hear, give them a little cuddle. Um, I recommend that a lot during sessions. And this isn't just about... I guess supporting little leaders, it's also about supporting our own inner child because it's always present, you know, it doesn't disappear, you know. And I did just recently, I mentioned uh, Tula before, I also spoke to another gentleman, Blaze Grinner, and that was for Rebirth Magazine, which I write for as well. And he's raising three kids under three. And I just thought this was a good follow-on from what we were sort of talking about before. He's teaching his eldest boy to express his emotions in a healthier way. So he actually got um, some lifestyle posters. And I, I think he may have drawn these himself or maybe he's got them from somewhere. But he's got this poster on the wall and it has the human body on it. And it's got um, sort of emotions and, you know, obviously the, the representation of the body is there, but also the emotions are kind of around it. So his eldest boy will identify the emotion um, if he feels like, you know, the kid's sort of getting into some all sorts or getting a bit worked up. Let's go in here. Let's look at the poster. And so it takes his mind off whatever that thing is. And then he's pointing out, I feel a bit nervous. I feel a bit anxious. I feel a bit whatever. And then where in the body am I feeling that feeling? So we can actually point to the chart um, on the human body and um, I'm feeling it in my, in my stomach or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I just think this is fantastic. You know, three under three, we're in really good hands with this guy. He used to work in construction and was surrounded by a lot of, um, you know, suicide and depression and all that sort of stuff. And so he's gotten out of that. And now he just works with other humans and men especially and tries to get them back on track. So my husband's actually doing one of his retreats in November, which is going to be really great in 2021. So he's actually learning, this little boy, Blaze's son, is learning to let his mum and dad know when he's actually feeling like he's about to have a meltdown. So the idea is that he'll be able to pull himself out of it. So he'll have some tools to be able to pull himself out of it, um, which is empowering. So at the moment though, because he's still young, you know, he's sort of in and out, in and out. So he may have a meltdown in the shopping center. He has had meltdowns in coffee shops because his parents will post about it and go, look, please understand that we're, um, what do they call it? active parenting or conscious parenting. I think it's conscious parenting. So the idea is that if he gets to the point of having this meltdown, a lot of the time it's to do with other people, you know, being around and um, other energies they're picking up on, as you said before, they're all little sponges. And so, you know, if he has his meltdown, his parents hold space for him and they go, mate, we are here. You know, you just cry it out, do whatever you need to do, express yourself. We're just going to hold space for you. And they let him express it because if you're like shut up or you're like grabbing them over the arm and ripping them out of the you know, shop or whatever it is, it's just, you know, it's, it's stopping the expression and then they don't know how to get rid of it. And so they bottle it up. They learn to bottle up and bottle it up. So this kid is learning how to express, which is incredible. So once it gets into it, they're like, we're just going to let you do this and we're just going to hold space. So, you know, other people won't love that so much who are around you at the time, I'm sure. But, you know, I think that that's incredible and it's a different way of parenting. And I just feel like, you know, hopefully more people have got that mindset, you know, where they're either using posters or some sort of diagram or maybe the cards like we have to actually um, get their kids to sort of understand what they're feeling and maybe managing it, you know, self-managing and self-soothing. They're teaching their kid breath work as well. His name is actually Breath. They're actually teaching their kid breath work as well. So, um, you know, what an amazing, um, what an amazingly talented family. I, w I was going to say, I actually, I have attended what's called the, the Circle of Security course, Ooh. which is, it's, it's a parent, you know, um, parent, a course helping you to, to be more aware and attend parents, uh, child, parent children's children's needs the child's needs wow and so I did a, a short course which is just like you know I think it was like six weeks you just attend every week go through this and go through the concepts of it but I was so intrigued by it that I went through and did the extensive course which was six months so I went every week for six months 
um, and and it's really um, really quite it's it's about providing secure bases and safe havens for your children so that when they need you to support their exploration or they need you to to watch over them or delight in them and and they're just watching the children's cues to go off and be confident enough to go and do these things and then um you know when they need you in your in their sort of safe haven side of things um being able to watch their cues so that you can welcome them in um coming to you before they start to get to that ah. you know overwhelmed stage of things yeah yep. so and that comes Same with protecting thing. them and comforting and delighting and organ helping them organize their feelings you don't have to and, and not organizing your feelings by saying you're this this and this helping yep. them to understand what it is they're they're trying to express what was that course so, called again Beck? a circle of security okay so we'll we'll put a link in the show notes to that yeah absolutely security yeah. yeah, let's put a link in because I is that like online? I guess that's online. People could probably do it. I well, you do it in person. You I do. was held through a children's centre here in Canberra. Okay. I know they have it all around. Yeah, um, but you so can that's great. Just search it online and so nice. and yeah. um, they give providers. It, it's it's a course run by providers because there is funding involved in it. Okay, that's and, brilliant. And there is a cost. There is a cost to attend it. So, and it's just you know it sort of teaches you to, to always be bigger stronger wiser and kind and just having that balance there and and you know whenever you can follow the child's needs and it doesn't mean you know um bending to their will or bending to their will and and raising little i don't know for want of a better word brats mm. um but you know it, it's it's not about that at all it's it's about you know following their needs and helping them to to manage in these situations or before they get to these situations yep. and um you know when you actually need to take charge for them so very yeah exciting. it's about being proactive rather than reactive isn't it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely because reactive is too late it is and it's you know very heartbreaking for everyone yeah yeah, because that's meltdown time. So I just wanted to make a couple of. Uh, have you finished, Beck, or do you have something else to? Yeah. Oh, um, happy. I think I have. Oh, good. Yes. I just didn't want to cut you off. I just had a couple of recommendations, maybe some inspo. And this is a book that one of my clients actually recommended, and it's such a cute one. It's by Doris Stickney, and it's Waterbugs and Dragonflies, and it discusses fears around death and dying. Now I know this sounds a little bit macabre, but when I was growing up and as I said, I didn't connect to my physical body because I remember being the etheric you know, body. I remember being energy. So I was quite scared of dying because I realized this physical body, because I remember being, you know, energy, so you don't die. But I remember when, finding out about the physical body. I think a, a bird died or something died, a pet or something. And I was like, what, what? Like this, we don't live forever, you know? And I was, I remember being really afraid of death, like for quite a few years. And I know that's not uncommon in kids. But I was really questioning that and really afraid of it. And it actually came up in um, one of my readings recently for a little girl who has been asking a lot of questions about death and her parents wanted me to sort of, you know, tune in and see what we could talk about and do, do, do. And so we, we sort of talked through that together. But, you know, we do sometimes have those kids that come through that do remember being a soul like me and they won't immediately connect with their physical self. And so we'll be asking a lot about death as I did. So um, that's what that book is about. And it's um, just worded very, very well. I also highly recommend, Beck, and this is a little bit of fun, but on Instagram, I don't know if you've come across Along Came Abby. So I have put a link in the show notes for this already, but Abby is such a cutie. I'll um, show Beck a photo on Instagram. If you're listening to this at home or in the car, then Along Came Abby is what you search for on Instagram, but I will put a link in the post. But this is little Abby Beck. She's so cute. Um, a lot of these are videos, so I'll try and find a photo. That's little Abby. So she started doing this when she was about three. And oh, she's gorgeous. She's a cutie. She's got her hair up in little um, buns on the side of her head and a little red uh, overall sort of suit with a long shirt on. So she's from America. But um, Check out the cute. confidence on her. <laughs> oh, she's so funny. you gotta, you got to look up this kid. Like You'll just be watching video upon video. Look at her in a little tutu. Oh, she's gorgeous. So I'm just showing Beck a picture of her in a little white tutu. It's a black and white image. So what happens generally is her dad sort of asks her questions and kids are so honest. And so he asks her, you know, seemingly kind of, you know, normal questions or whatever the case may be. 
And then she'll come up with just the most hilarious answers, like hilarious. And she's not trying to be funny. She's just like, well, this is the answer. You know, what do you want? What do you want from me? You know, I'm a three year old. Yeah. Um, she's a little bit older than three now, I think, but you know, and a mum is in some of the videos asking you questions and doing things. And the other night I, I clicked on one of her videos and she was just like singing this song and she's like, why are you singing? And she's like, cause it makes me happy. You know, like it was just the cutest thing. Yeah. And I just, you know, it's obvious. It's like, of course, mum, why else would I be singing? You know what I mean? So it's really hilarious. So long came Abby on Instagram is for a bit of a laugh. You know, sometimes we just need that. And this kid is super honest. And I did want to finish with some amazing inspo, Beck. And I did discuss this with you off air before we started today, but um, there's an Aussie teacher and I saw her on the news this morning, uh, Rebecca West. And so she's based in New South Wales and she's been nominated for a Global Teacher Award for 2021. And this prize is actually worth a million bucks. Like this is the biggest prize money in any kind of, you know, education sort of award thing. So this woman has adapted online learning for families from low socioeconomic backgrounds who don't have access to a really good internet connection and maybe not close to, you know, towns or cities and that sort of thing. So they may be learning online and with homeschooling and all of that, that's happening more anyway. So um, she now assists teachers as well throughout the state, so New South Wales and Australia and with their learning programs. So the other teachers are picking up what she's doing. Other schools are picking up what she's doing. So she actually creates, she's got a, it's a really cute name, but she's got a um, YouTube channel called Clever Pickles. So she educates or creates educational videos for kids um, on that YouTube channel. So I've put a link in the show notes to the article um, and I may even put a link in for Clever Pickles actually. That's a good idea. Clever Pickles on YouTube. So that's her page. And if you're looking for ideas, you know, because parents and Becker included because you're in um, the ACT, parents are homeschooling at the moment. So this is a great idea. She has a lot of great ideas for engaging kids, getting them interested and not necessarily using um, the computers as much. It's like using physical things rather than just computers, depending on where you are and what you've got access to. So it's really adaptable and uh, user-friendly. So uh, Clever Pickles on YouTube, and I'll put that into show notes and I wish her the best of luck. There's another Australian nominee as well. And um, we really hope that they win because I feel like we're coming up with some pretty amazing things over here. A couple of other quick recommendations um, is Reiki and Reiki is amazing for kids who have, you know, different needs, you know, learning difficulties. Um, I I work on a lot of ADHD, ADD kids um, and kids with Asperger's and I find Reiki just calms them. Um, I've seen one kid several times and he leaves and he is just like a new little boy um, and his mum is thrilled to bits. So Reiki is amazing for kids and animals. And also I mentioned crystals before, so don't forget there's a lot of great crystals. One of the ones I do recommend a lot to kids um, is pre-night. So that's very good for you know, positive dreams, not having night terrors, you know, it's a very good one for um, gifted kids. And it also helps with premonitions, um, dreaming, but also people who see things before they happen and stuff like that, that can be terrifying as a little kid. So pre-night's a great one, but there are other crystals, obviously, and there will be crystals for calming and focusing. The energy highlight, I think is a really great one. So, you know, there'll be a few great recommendations, I'm sure with all of that. I think um, the important thing too is, is to be encouraging you know, loving, having fun, especially remind them of their qualities. It's it's incredible what a huge difference a compliment like you're amazing can make or if they step out of their comfort zone, um, tell them how courageous they are or that was or how kind it was when they do an act of kindness for someone. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing kids like to do and my kids love this game, especially my youngest, so is the copy game. So I'll have I'll have Mia uh, come up to me and she'll just start copying everything I say and and completely catch you off guard. You'll just be doing general thing like, you know, uh, can you, have have you put your dirty clothes in the wash basket? She'd be like, have you put your dirty clothes in the wash basket? And like, no, I I would really like you to, she'd go, oh, I'd really like you to, and then you sort of click on that. She's playing this fun game with you. And I like to turn it around and, and, and play this copy game with her. But then I'll, I'll catch on. Sometimes it takes me a little bit longer than other times, but um, I'll play this. I'll start with affirmations like, I'm amazing. And she'll go, I'm amazing. And I'll go, ah. I, love being, I love being happy. And she'll go, I love being happy. This is and great. Start using these affirmations just to, and, and not only is it picking her up, but it's, it's picking me up as well. And we're already yeah. in that cheeky sort of fun fun mode which is is really good positive reinforcement um, yeah and and they remember it and actually pay it forward i think you know there's such sponges mm. 
And they Absolutely. don't forget. No. They don't forget. No. Yeah, you say yes to that one thing once and it's like, mom, remember that time. <laughs> damn it, damn it. I had my son do that to me the other day. He, he said, do you remember, I can't remember what it was, he said, do you remember when I was talking to you about, I was explaining this item to you and, and, and I'm like, no, no, I don't. When, when did we have this discussion? I'm like, really, really? He's gone, oh, it was a few years ago. And I was just like, oh, don't. Wow, really? <laughs> what a memory. Amazing. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Well, do you want to maybe just refresh me so I can catch up? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good point, Beck. That yeah. actually reminded me of, um, like I was saying before, you know, some of the kids that come through that don't attach to the physical body so much and they remember being energy. But one of the um, key things I think with gifted kids is that often they have really early memories. And I remember being in nappies. I remember the first house where I was born and my parents can't believe it, but I described it and they show me photos and they're like, yeah, that's amazing. And a lot of the kids that I gifted have that, you know, that ability to remember very early on. And, you know, if you do hypnotherapy or regression, often you go back into womb space and you sort of recall, you know, certain feelings and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's another sign, I guess, of, um, you know, a kid that needs a bit of extra support and, you know, understanding. So, I did want to just highlight what we're doing next as well um, on the next podcast. So next time we connect, we're going to be talking about knowing when to switch off, which again is sort of, I guess, to do with our age group, but also, you know, older, younger, whatever the case may be, it's going to be pretty much across the board. Um, but mostly I'm talking about, I guess, you know, devices and, you know, when to stop communicating with or responding to others, you know, because it does get a little bit out of hand. And that's what we were talking about next mm. time is with mobiles, it's taken that communication to the next level. You know, back in the day, it was like you had to be home and that was it. And if you weren't home, you didn't answer your phone because you didn't have a mobile phone. So That's right. and everyone knew you weren't home. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And we managed, we managed to find our friends. We managed to meet up at locations. We managed, you know, so I just think this is a little bit interesting looking at that, you know, maybe what it was like when we were growing up, um, but also now, you know, what you're doing with your kids and that sort of thing too. So I think that will be um, really interesting to have a look at next time. Absolutely. And as you said, um, if there's anyone who wants to give us any feedback or if you've got any ideas about what you would like to hear from us, we are on Facebook, Living Enlightened, but also we have a uh, Gmail, livingenlightened33 at gmail.com. And we're on, uh, we will be up on different, you know, social media sites. I'm just sort of organizing everything at the moment because it's very early days, Rebecca and I. Um, you're laughing. Did I do something or say something? No, no, no. I just feel like I was supposed to say something there and I just sort of looked at you like I've got nothing. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I just always don't want to make, I want to make sure that you've said everything and I haven't cut you off. So yeah, yeah, yeah. When we um, come back, we'll be talking about that. So that's going to be really exciting. Beck, thank you. Episode, what, three done. Tick it off. Episode three done amazing living in life thank you all for listening thank you and uh, i'll talk to you next week yeah bye bye